Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. So Shay, my daughter, 20, is my best friend. I've heard you say that a lot. Yeah, she she really is. But I actually, I feel like I have five best friends. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all family members. Mm-hmm. That's, okay, so that's my three kids, my husband, and my daughter-in-law. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I'm their best friend. <laughs> Old disclosure, I really don't. But, but they are. They really are my best friends because... And I guess what qualifies that is that they, you know, I want to be with them mm-hmm. more than I want to be with anyone else. Yeah, I laugh with them the most. We share the most intimate moments uh-huh. and praying together and all of those things. Yeah. So they really are my best friends. I was trying to think about when in parenting with my three kids, it sort of shifted from friends friend or from, from parent yeah. to to friend. Yeah. And um I, I was I, I think if I could put a number on it, that sort of eighteen to nineteen year old range mm-hmm. is when I begin to feel it. Yeah. But here's what I believe about parenting. This is a philosophy. Okay, I got okay? It. I'm you ready. may disagree or agree. I'll let you and know. I want to discuss. Okay. Okay. I think that our mentality many times with parenting is that that we have shifts. So we go, we're parents, and that's what we are. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, we go from being parents to friends, and it's a shift. Mm -hmm. I think it's a percentage. I think that it is a scale. And I think that we are always, to some degree, our kids' friends, Mm But it is in a very small dose mm. when they are younger, yeah. really, really small. Yeah. But as they grow up and get older, the friend quotient mm-hmm. or percentage increases because I didn't stop being a parent when they got to be 18 and 19. Yeah. I am still parenting my kids. Yeah. I mean, I got a 25-year-old, and quite honestly, I'm still the parent. Now, at some point, that will flop, right. and he'll, he'll, he'll like boss me and tell yeah, me exactly. what to do. But that's not yet. Yeah. I mean, we're in a consulting role, mm-hmm. right? But he still calls us and depends on mom and dad for things. Now, he wouldn't want to hear that. I can tell you right now. Uh, he won't be listening, so I'm not worried about it. But I'm saying yeah. he is autonomous. He is his own guy. He doesn't take a dime from us. Uh-huh. He's paying for his own house. He's got a wifey, all the things. Yeah. But, but he still is relying on don't you. Don't think I'm not his mom. Yeah. Don't think I'm not his parent in some way. Yeah. But the percentage is so low yeah. of the parenting. Uh-huh. The friend quotient has gotten really high. Does that make sense? I like that percentage thing, and I've never heard it before. Because you do hear, like, you're not their friend. You're just their parent. Yeah. And I agree with you. I love that. There you go. Because I like how it changes over time. Mm-hmm. And I can think about that in seasons with even smaller kids where we are friends with our kids, but that is not the majority of what we're doing, Absolutely which is not. exactly what you just said. No. I think the conversation comes up a lot when you know parents want to be 
the majority, their percentage of friend yes. wants to be higher yes. and their prayer, their percentage of parenting is too low. Mm. And so you're like, you need to parent your child and not yes. be their best friend. We see that in high school with parents who are going to provide alcohol for their kids yep. at parties. Yep. And you're like, oh, they just want to be the friends mm-hmm. to all of the high school kids. Yeah. And listen, you were already in high school drinking. You don't need to be drinking with your high school friends. Right. With your friends, with your kids, high school friends. Yes. Too much. Um, so I like the percentage thing. And, you know, I like when you said a shift because my oldest is 19 and we just recently went on a trip together. It was a work trip and um, you and I both travel a lot yeah. for our jobs. And so whenever I can bring a kid with me, I'm at this point, I'm ready. They can pack their own bags. They can shower by themselves. Amazing. They could sleep in their own room if they needed to, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yep. And so I took him with me and he's 19 and we were having dinner that night. And I remember sitting across from him at the table and I took the moment, of course, to tell him how proud I was of him yeah. and what some things I see in his life right now. And I remember thinking in my head, this is, I'm having dinner with a friend. Mm. Now, of course, I'm his mom and I probably had to get on to him two days later about something, whatever. But there was, and how you're describing it, I felt that kind of line move a little bit. Yeah. And I was having dinner with a friend. Now, when you say Shay's your best friend, yeah, uh, I have a 15 year old daughter who's a freshman who I love and adore, obviously. But I definitely don't feel that way about her. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about cultivating that? And what that looked like, and you said that you felt that transition about 18 or 19, but talk to me as a mom with a ninth grader, but even a mom with a seventh grade girl or a fifth grade girl, what did that look like for you that you can say, here's some things that help Shay and I get where we are today? Well, can I tell you that um, this is a work in progress, but also, Jamie, I've really, I've really done a lot of wrong things with this. I mean, quite honestly... I have the ability and the capacity to smother Shay to death. I'm <laughs> Didn't you. you tell me once that you oh. had to like quit? Do you still follow her on Find My Friends? Oh my gosh, Jamie, that, that, like this is so tender for me right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm t- no, oh no, I'm like, I'm not going to fall apart <laughs> okay. on you. But I mean, really, this, I need you to hear me on this. And I need you listening to hear me on this. I think sometimes when someone says like, oh, my daughter's my best friend, it, it sounds like such roses. But what I need you to hear me say is, there is so much death to self process in that because I, I just think my daughter's so stinking cool uh-huh. and I really enjoy her. Okay. So it, it was not always that way. I need to say that. Like she went through her whole annoying moments sure. and like, but we, you got to remember she's 20 at this point. Yeah. She's really cool and I just like her and I want to be around her, but. I'm telling you, especially even, you know, like her freshman year at Baylor when she was away from me, I drove the girl nuts. Like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I was terrified she was going to get abducted. I mean, literally, like Uh this was a very big fear moment for me. What I realized is that when I continue to put my own stuff on her, whatever that is, whether it's my fear, whether it's my desire for her to like me, mm-hmm. be my buddy, me be cool in her eyes, whatever the case may be, I end up asking her for things that are that are unfair. Yeah. Like I'm putting on her a role that she doesn't need to play. Mm-hmm. And I think here's how this ties in. This ties in because when we want to be our kid's buddy, Right. In particular, a mother daughter. Let's Mm -hmm. just put the example here. 
when we're so craving that, like, I really just want to be their buddy and everything, because we want that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they get a certain age and we're like, we just want to be friends. Yeah. Like, it'd be so fun, uh-huh. whatever. Especially if they're fun and they're easy and they're cool or whatever yeah. the case may be. We are really making this so much about ourselves, mm. so much about what we want, so much about maybe how we're tired of even just the the discipline of parenting yeah, yeah. in a moment. Let's just be honest. Right. So it's easier to call them our buddy mm-hmm. or it's easier for them to be our buddy yeah. or us to be cool. Yeah. It's really about us. Jamie. Yeah. And I think for me, that's been the process for me is continuously saying, even in this best friendship that I have with Shane, again, she's my best friend and she's called me her best friend mm-hmm. too, which maybe she's just throwing me a bone. I don't know. <laughs> but she really is like a best friend to me. Uh-huh. I love her so much. But I've had to really check myself at the door a lot yeah. to go, is this about you? Mm-hmm. Is this about you You know, needing something from her that, one, maybe you need to get from your husband? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go there. Yeah. Maybe you need to get from God. Um or from a peer. Or from a peer. Yeah. Like, you know, this is a 20-year-old young yeah. woman. Like, yeah. let her be who she is. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I realized, too, was even in an an unknown way, even in a way that I wouldn't have ever meant, I was putting pressure on her mm-hmm. to some degree to to be what I needed. Yeah. Um, like, will you make sure you let me know where you're going? Mm-hmm. Will you let... And sometimes when we cr- when we try too hard to be their buddy, yeah. either too prematurely or too intensely, yeah. we pressure them in ways that is not good for their soul. And are we here to parent for us? Are we here to parent for these kids? Yeah. Hey, y'all, it's Jamie, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I attended a Christian college. In fact, I graduated from Houston Baptist University, and I really loved being at an institution where faith was integrated into our learning. And now, of my four kids, one is already in college, two are really close, and we're looking at colleges, and then one is coming up the line. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about Find Your Christian College. When you visit findyourchristiancollege.com, you can explore more than 200 Christian college options through the school search engine. You can filter the search based on things like size or location, majors, and athletics. Find Your Christian College collaborates with hundreds of Christian high schools, colleges, and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S., These fairs take place every fall and spring. And if you can't travel, there's virtual Christian college fairs as well. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. I want to tell you something that our family uses to help with healthy boundaries around technology and most importantly, to stay present during family time. We love family time at our house. And what I know to be true is that our time is limited. We want to reclaim our time and establish healthy tech habits for our kids and our family. 90% of the time that we have with our kids occurs before they're 18. I'm living that life right now. And we know that our screen time is the biggest battle in most families today. I want to tell you about RO. RO is a whole family solution that aligns our actions with our intentions. 
Aro is a technology solution for our technology dependence that combines the power of a motivational habit forming app with the beauty of a defined place for our smartphone. So they have an app that's going to keep track of the habits that you're taking to spend time away from your phone. And they have a really, really great box. It sits on our kitchen counter where you can all place your phones in them so they can all be away from you during family times. Things like family dinners. Hey, we're all going to put our phones up. Aro is an invitation to be intentional. It's a visual cue to put down your phones, to track and measure your time away while you do what's truly important. What happens is you'll put your phone away. You'll not even remember that you put it away. You'll have time with your family. And then you have an app that helps you see how much time you spent off your phone. It's a way to instill pride in your behavior, a pat on the back for a job well done, and a true invitation to the things that we all say actually truly matter. If you lean into Aro, it will change your family life and culture. Check out Aro at GoAro.com. That's G-O-A-R-O.com. Get one month free off of either an annual or a two-year Aro membership when you use the code LAUNCH. Yeah. And I think the problem too, you're you're dealing with a you know a 19 year old when yeah. you're talking about that. But what about when that becomes like an, an eighth grader or a ninth grader or a tenth grader? And even though at the time that child might feel that pressure, I think it takes away from the parent relationship. I mean, there is yes. this dynamic of, oh, we're not only are we in charge, not in like a a power way, but we are the ones that are in charge of the household, you know, mm-hmm. and there is a di- dynamic there that needs to be known. Uh, we have had the opportunity to travel with our kids this past summer, and we were gone for an entire month. It was really, really great. And um, one of the things that I realized on that trip was when we were out of our um, everyday life, when we were away from our home and away from our responsibilities, I had so much fun with my kids. Yes. And of course, I was their mom. Of course, I was buying every meal they had. And of course, Aaron and I were driving them, doing all the things. But we had so much fun. Yep. And it was, I remember in that trip, we were there for a long time. And I remember there was a point where I was like, I see a future (laughs) where I'm going to enjoy these people way more than I do on the day-to-day basis. I mean, you know, like... Full full disclosure, I had to get a ride to work today from one of my kids because my car's broken yeah. down, all the things. And all I did was complain to him the whole way there because about his driving. <laughs> and at one point yeah. he goes, Mom, you're just looking for stuff. And I was like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I just remember looking back on that trip for that month and I thought, I see something ahead of us. Now, I, I want to I go here. And I don't know that you or I have the ability to speak to this very well. So it may just be like a wisdom from the Lord. But with me having four kids, mm-hmm. and we talked about this in an earlier ex- episode about how we sometimes relate to different kids better, different, our personalities match more. Yep. There's this idea of my kids all growing up and getting out of the house. And I don't know this because I have not done this, but I sometimes wonder, will I still have a better connection with some of them when they're older? Hmm. Like when they have jobs and if they have families or... I don't know where they're going to live. And what does friendship look like with four different personalities as grownups? Now, we're going to have an expert on in a minute who's going to be able to answer this for us. Yeah. Lisa Turkhurst, who yep. has grown kids. Um, but I just started to wonder. I was like, what is it going to look like? And I'm trying to tell myself a little bit of what I would tell someone is like, there's a ton of grace for that. Yes. And honestly, I don't know that our expectation should be to be best friends with all of our kids when they grow up. Because I think what we're what we're really saying here is this is about our role as a parent 
And that's so important to keep in mind from the time that they are, you know, we get them to the time that we release them. That's what we're doing yeah. here. This is this show's called launch. Uh-huh. We're putting we're launching them into the world, right? Though, so you know, because so even when they're, you know, I'm thinking about even when in those stages where we want to rush the process uh-huh. of like being friends. Yeah, what are we robbing them of developmentally? Yeah, like even to attach to other friends mm-hmm. by saying no, be my friend. Right, right. So how selfish is is that of us? But as you're thinking about what your question uh-huh. about like. Okay, but so later on in the future, I'm even thinking about the fact that, okay, so I have two boys. We've talked about that. I know that when they get older and they're, they even developmentally, they attach more to their, to their dad, to male figures. I have which been is, walking through this. Okay, yes. right. So that's hugely important. Yes. Like developmentally, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's tough on a mom. But that's really important. Right. So, you know, a lot of times when they're, you know, they're three, four, they're our buddy. Oh, I'm the best snugglers right by my side. They love their mamas. Those boys. Oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, literally, my 22-year-old son sent me a picture yesterday, I believe. And it was a p- picture of, I think he was like 10-year-old, maybe even like eight, nine-year-old Micah. Uh-huh. And here he is, cutest little thing. And I have my head on his shoulder, and the look on my face says, "There's no one better in this world than you." This little buddy. And when I saw the picture pop up, he was on speakerphone. Uh-huh. Actually, he's like, "Mom, I just sent you a picture." I said, "Oh, my buddy." Yeah. Because even then, again, on the scale, yeah, there was that little that was that buddy thing. Yeah. But he's 22. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know. He may be married, and if he gets married, then. I have to decrease because I know I've been through this once. (laughs) I will decrease. And so will I be my 22-year-old son's friend? Yeah, we're friends now. Yeah. But his wife's going to be his best friend. Yeah. And so this is the process. We talked about this in season one, the long letting go. And we are here to launch these kids are they, again, it kind of goes back to the top of the show where I'm like, they're my best friends. I don't know if I'm their <laughs> best friends. I think it's okay, Jamie, to even say they're my best friends. I might not even be their best friends. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's not okay for some people. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, maybe that's okay yeah. because that brings a lot of love into my life. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, maybe it frees them from that yoke of me needing to them needing to say that I'm their best yeah. friend because they've got a lot of other cool people in their life. I'm not even actually that cool. <laughs> they don't, you know, even my daughter, like she loves me, but like I'm not yeah. actually that cool in her life because I'm still her mom. Yeah. And maybe that's healthy. Yeah. You know, so maybe we drop the expectations, mm-hmm. again, that word of saying, oh, I need to be their friend. I need to be their friend, they're going to be my friend no matter what. Yeah. But even if they don't reciprocate in quite the same way, that's okay. I don't even okay. need to know it. That's okay. Because they're my friend. Yeah. And isn't that cool? Yeah, that's it's okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking back to, you know, like friendship and what it looks like. And we have our own personal friendships as peers. And one day we'll grow into friendships with our kids. And I was like, man, what does it look like for our younger kids when they're younger to be their friend, if we go on your percentage scale, which I really like, to be their friend. And I think so much of that is just showing up for them and showing them how friends 
talk to each other. Hmm. So, you know, I, I, when my kids were little, so many times I would like, hey, like, I don't talk to you that way. So I don't want you to talk to me that way. Hmm. Because that's not how we always say in our family, like, that's not how family treats each other. And I could take that a step further and be like, that's not how friends talk to each other. Or here's what's happening. Mom messed up. So I'm going to come apologize to you. Will you forgive me? Because that we say, that's what family does. But you could take it a step further and say, this is how friends work. And I think just building that into our child raising of just letting them see what is a healthy friendship looks like. It's give and take. It's love and it's care and forgiveness mm-hmm. and acceptance. And maybe just those small things are helping build friendships with their children before we even know that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's so, so good. And I, I thought too, Jamie, as you were talking, I would encourage anyone listening to build friendships outside of your kids. Yes. Because we don't want to put pressure on our kids. That's, I know that's the last thing any of us would want. Yeah. And yet it's natural to love these babies, gravitate towards them. And uh-huh. we, we, we think they're the coolest things in the world. Yeah. And then as they get older, we want to be their friends. Yeah. And God willing, we will be. Yeah. And we will get to go do fun girl trips or get to be with our you know grown sons and, and maybe their families or whatever the case may be. Let's pray for that. Let's hope for that. Let's wish for that. Let's want for that. Let's cultivate relationships so that maybe they end up there. But let's make girlfriends so that we can have that and not put the pressure on our kids to be our friends. And hopefully, as we do that, they'll want to be our friends anyway. Anxiety and depression are hard enough for adults to deal with. They're really incredibly hard for our children to deal with them as well. I've said it before, us Ivies, we are very, very much big fans of counseling. If you are a parent like me and you've seen your kids have to struggle with some mental health issues, I want to introduce you to Foundations Family Therapy and their online courses. Foundations Family Therapy is a group practice of licensed therapists who have created self-paced, video-based courses for topics like parenting young, anxious children. Their team understands that sometimes therapy is not attainable in the season of life that parents are in, and it can also be hard to find a therapist. So these courses are a great resource for getting some professional guidance. Three of their most popular courses include From Surviving to Thriving, Beating the Worry Monster, and Combating New Parent Anxiety. All of their content is created from a Christian perspective and led by a licensed marriage and family therapist. You'll get video teachings, print resources, activities to practice, and next steps for thriving. Foundations Family Therapies courses include eight therapy sessions worth of information and are offered for the price of just one therapy session. Launch listeners can get 20% off any of these online courses. Visit foundationsft.com slash courses. Use the code LAUNCH for 20% off any of their online courses. As a parent of a teen and also a young adult, but my teen daughter, I'm constantly looking for resources to help her grow in her faith and make it her own. At my house, Light Speaks Loudest is one of my favorites. The Light Speaks Loudest team creates quarterly subscription boxes specifically to help teen girls better love themselves, others, and God. My daughter's story is 15 and her and I both love Light Speaks Loudest because their boxes are full of authentic and trendy items like devotionals, journals, self-care items, and other accessories to encourage girls. She loves getting mail that is just specifically for her and I love what in the box that's just specifically for her. Each season has a unique theme designed around relevant, important topics like body image, friendship, rest, purpose, kindness, and so much more. Plus, they support at least one teen business in every single box. 
I say it all the time. It is a tough time to be a teen girl right now with everything that our teenagers are facing from mental health struggles to peer pressure to loneliness to trying to understand their identity in Christ. And I'm really grateful as a mom to have Like Speaks Loudest as a partner in the process of helping my daughter and all the girls that they work with navigate these challenges with hope. You guys, if you also want to give your teen girl in your life a gift that's both authentic and fun, visit lightspeaksloudest.com. You can learn all about their subscription options. You can become a member today. You can get 10% off your first subscription box when you use promo code JAMIE10. That's lightspeaksloudest.com. Use promo code JAMIE, J-A-M-I-E, 10. Our expert for this conversation is our friend Lisa Turkhurst. She has written a ton of books. Her most recent book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. Uh, She's also the founder and president of Proverbs 31 Ministries. She speaks all over the country at national conferences. She's a mother to five. She is a grandmother as well. She also hosts a podcast called Therapy and Theology. We wanted Lisa to speak into this conversation today because of the relationship that she has with her own kids. So here's our friend Lisa Turkhurst. I so appreciate everything you guys have shared on today's podcast. I'm not sure that I'm particularly an expert on this, but I have raised five kids, my youngest of which is 24, and my oldest is in his 30s. And so I've been doing the parenting kids, transitioning to guiding my kids, transitioning to mentoring my kids, transitioning to friendship with my kids. I've been doing this for a really long time. So what I decided to do was survey some of my kids and ask them what I've done right and then also a few things that I've done wrong in this. And I felt like that experiential wisdom might be helpful today. So one of the people I surveyed was my son-in-law, Michael. He's married to my oldest daughter, Hope. And this is what Michael said. She always made me feel like she gained a son when I married her daughter rather than losing her daughter to me. And he said that that really meant a lot to him because he felt right away that I saw him as a valuable family member, not as an intruder coming in. And I don't know that I have any tips on exactly how to do this. I think it's moment by moment, day by day. But I do think one of the most important things is to let him learn to be a guiding force in my daughter's life and for her to be a guiding force in his life and just to be careful that I don't step in where I shouldn't with their marriage. I have made the mistake at times of saying like, Hope, you need to be sweeter to Michael or Michael, you need to be more patient with Hope. And, you know, if they come and ask me for advice, then I should give it. But just like I wouldn't step in and say those things to adult friends of mine, I don't want to say that to my adult kids either. And just be careful about that and be prayerful about that. Another thing Michael said is she's never intrusive. So I don't just go busting over to their house I don't get involved in their personal decisions unless they ask me. And certainly, I, I reserve comments about the grandkids. You know, obviously, I can give advice and I can share my thoughts. But when I share my thoughts, I don't treat it as a statement that they then have to abide by or they have to immediately do what I'm saying. It's more just a thought. And then they can take it and do with it whatever they please. Is that hard sometimes? Absolutely. But have I seen it pay great dividends? Yes. 
I also like that Michael said that I do a good job at creating a safe space that creates opportunities for conversation, communication, and guidance. And I think that safe space is really important. You know, sometimes when I'm having conversations with my kids, my adult kids, who really are some of my best friends now, I sometimes feel the weight that the decisions they're making today, because they're in their 20s and 30s, are going to carry much bigger consequences because they're adults. And sometimes it's really hard to withhold my comments that I could make out of fear or out of 50-year-old wisdom when in reality, they're the ones making the decision. And if they have 20-year-old wisdom or they have 30-year-old wisdom, then that's what they have. And I can't expect them to have 50-year-old wisdom when they're much younger than me. So when asked, I can certainly give my my thoughts, my guidance. But again, then I don't try to hold them accountable to everything I say or get angry when they do something different. But here's what I will do. I will let them deal with the consequences of their choices without stepping in to rescue them. And that's part of creating that safe space is making sure that my facial expressions, the words that I choose, and even how I treat them, whether they make good decisions or bad decisions, I always try to never say, I told you so, or I warned you. Again, I don't do this perfectly, but I do think it helps create a safe space. One thing I did when I was raising my kids is I always told them that one of my highest goals was to keep the conversation going. So I wouldn't say things like, don't talk back to me. Now, I did create opportunities where I taught them respect lessons. Of course, they needed to respect me. But I think because keeping the conversation going was always such a high priority in their younger years that it just makes sense for it to be a high priority in these years as well. And another thing that Michael said is that I only give input when I'm asked and that I respect their journey without any issue or hurdle in their life. And that really meant a lot to me too. Now, I promised you that I would also share, those are some of the things that I've done right, but I'll also share something that I've done wrong. And it's kind of ironic because I just wrote a book called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. And so (laughs) the mistake that I've made is sometimes I have struggled in the past about respecting my kids' boundaries. So what I have grown in especially as I wrote my book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, and talked to my kids about times that I've respected their boundaries and times that I've disrespected their boundaries. What I've realized is boundaries should be a way to have healthy conversations and help us avoid extremes. The extreme on one end of, I'm just going to take it, take it, take it, take it. I'm going to give, 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 give and pretend like these aggravations aren't really aggravations and just deal with it because I want to avoid the hard conversations. So that's at one end of the spectrum, all the way to the other end of the spectrum where I just throw my hands up and say, I can't take it anymore. And maybe I explode in a moment of frustration or anger. And I want to avoid both of those extremes. So boundaries help go right in the middle. 
and open up the opportunity for both of us, my kids and for me, to establish what communication looks like when you have adult children and when you're fostering friendships with your children. And here's the three things that I think are important in those middle-of-the-road boundary conversations. This is what I will accept, and this is what I will not accept. This is what I can give, and this is what I cannot give. And this is what is okay with me, and this is what is not okay with me. And really opening up that dialogue has fostered friendship with my adult kids pretty much better than anything else. So to sum it all up, I would say this, keep them talking, create a safe space where friendship can develop in an atmosphere of respect, communication, and boundaries. And then the third thing is respect their boundaries and give them an opportunity to establish their own house rules inside of their home. And remember to communicate your boundaries within your home and your house rules, and even in the relationship rules. Every relationship is kind of like an unspoken contract. And the more clear we can be on what our needs, what our desires, and and what our requests are, the more clear that we can be, the better the friendship will develop. I'm convinced more relationships end, not because we attempt to have boundary conversations and they go poorly, but because we've refused to have conversations that were desperately needed. So communicate, communicate, communicate. I hope that helps. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Editing assistance from Lindsay Barnett and Roger Abounza. Show notes by Nikki Ogden, art by Noel Rhodes and Maddie Byers. Original music by Matt Graham, hosted by Lisa Whittle and myself, Jamie Ivey. Thanks for listening to Launch with Jamie Ivey and Lisa Whittle, season two.